is where we see uh, the, the next enforcement prior, priorities of the authorities. Um, there's a bit of a spoiler alert on the slide. We anticipate this will be abuse of dominance. Um, why do I say that? Well, as any historian will tell you, to look to the future, you've got to look to the past. Uh, and if we look at what's been happening in the last decade or so, what has been dominating, no pun intended, uh, the enforcement priorities, certainly of the European Commission, but also of the uh, national authorities, and that's pay for delay. Um, I think after some fairly painful uh, years uh, in the courts, um, it's now pretty much settled uh, where the line is for pay for the delay. And so we suggest that now that's pretty much settled, what is going to happen next? Well, we think it's going to move away from bilateral agreements to more unilateral conduct uh, and abuse of dominance, and in particular, uh, abuse of the process of ways of deterring generic entry. So, as I say very quickly, just to remind us all of really the rise and fall of uh, pay for delay, which, as I say, we suggest is fairly settled now. So way back in 2009, uh, the European Commission uh, observed delays in generic entry and a decline in innovation for a number of new medicines coming to market. So what did it do? It is what it always does in this case. It launches a sector inquiry. And on the back of that sector inquiry, responses to RFIs and so on, uh, it kicked off a number of investigations, uh, a number of which resulted in infringement findings and indeed fines. I stood out the main cases uh, on the slide here. Don't be um, uh, misled by the 2013, 2014 thinking it's happened a long time ago. The infringements did, uh, but actually the skirmishes with the courts have only really settled in the last year or two. So it's something that's relatively recently clarified. Um, so what did the um, Commission find in its sector inquiry in 2009? Well, broadly speaking, uh, it categorised various settlements according to whether they imposed no restrictions on the market, uh, there was a restriction on the market, but there wasn't any reverse payment, uh, and whether there was both a restriction and a reverse payment from the innovator to the generic. Uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, the Commission took the view that it was the third type of settlement agreement uh, that raised concerns, and indeed uh, that these were by object infringements, as we all know, the worst type of infringements. So, as I say, where are we now uh, with various skirmishes? Well, as I said, there were uh, three or four investigations launched on the back of the uh, inquiry, uh, three of which resulted in fines. And in a nutshell, after many skirmishes with the courts, it's now pretty settled case where we suggest um, that pay-for-delay agreements will fall foul of the law where, uh, uh, broadly speaking, there are three criteria met. Uh, the originator and the generic are potential competitors. What is potential competition, well, there needs to be a real and concrete possibility of market entry by the generic at the relevant time. Secondly, uh, where the agreement contains a reverse payment or, crucially, a value transfer. Now, that doesn't just have to be monetary. It could be, for instance, a favourable distribution agreement or 
something like that. And thirdly, uh, whether the generic in exchange agrees to refrain from entering uh, the market. And that will be a by-object infringement um, if it's clear uh, that the transfers of value provided uh, cannot have any explanation other than a commercial interest uh, of the patent holder uh, not to engage in competition on the merits uh, with the generic. Now, that has conflated 10-plus years of case law and skirmishes and, frankly, pain uh, into a couple of slides. But that's just you know, our hypothesis that pay for delay is now pretty much settled. And so what does that mean? Well, the authorities are going to start looking uh, for other worlds uh, to conquer. So the Commission continues to emphasise that farmer enforcement is a high priority uh, and it in particular will ter- uh, uh, target any conduct which curbs generic entry uh, in particular. But as I say, if pay for delay is now largely settled, you know, where's next? What, what is going to happen next? Well, we've had a few steers. Helpfully, uh, the Commission issued a report in 29 on 2019 on uh, competition enforcement in the pharma sector. Um, And what does that focus on? A number of things, but two points of interest. Uh, It focuses on enforcement with respect to two particular categories of conduct, misuse of the regulatory framework and disparagement. Uh, Omni will talk a bit more about disparagement. I want to focus on misuse of the regulatory uh, framework. Uh, And we're actually already beginning to see that focus being brought out uh, in practice. Uh, The case, I'm sure you've you've been following, is the uh, Teva case, uh, which focuses on abuse of the patent process um, itself. I've set out on the slide what what details there are. It's still fairly sketchy because not much is public. Uh, But what we do know is that an investigation was opened last year following different raids, um, a couple of months ago, in October, uh, the Commission issued a statement of objections, uh, setting out its preliminary view uh, that Teva has abused its dominant position by misusing patent procedures to artificially extend basic patent protection uh, for the relevant drug Capaxone and delaying uh, generic entry. And also the Commission mentions uh, that there has been allegations, at least, uh, of Teva playing the so-called divisionals game. Uh, basically filing and selectively withdrawing divisional patents, uh, forcing competitors to file new challenges uh, each time. Um, Interestingly, we're also seeing um, this... uh, Sorry. At the... uh, Is my slide not... Sorry, is the next slide not coming through? Um, I'm not sure if you could see the next slide. Uh, but let me try refreshing. There we go. Sorry, I've lost you there briefly, I think. Um, Okay.
that's okay, we can hear you. Hello there. Apologies, I think I, uh, I lost you. Can you hear me now okay? Yeah. Yes, yeah, Matthew, I can hear you. I think I lost you at about the uh, national level. So what I was saying is we're also seeing a, foc a focus on this type of use at the national competition authority level, uh, and in particular, a willingness to intervene in patent litigation. Um, I've set out on the slide a couple of recent um, investigations that are either completed or ongoing, the MSD case uh, in Spain related to uh, unjustified lit litigation and withholding information to gain junction. Uh, the consent, consent case, very recent. Uh, interestingly, uh, investigations started at both the national and the Swiss level and at the European Commission uh, level. That happened uh, in September following a Dawn raid. Uh, again, not much out there, but as far as we understand it, there are allegations concerning the acquisition of patents to initiate litigation to shield uh, consentics from competition, so-called blocking patents. Um, as far as we uh, uh, understand it from uh, from what's public, um, it appears that the relevant litigation has been dis discontinued. So it may well be that the authorities will will discontinue that, that investigation as well. Nevertheless, it does show that it's in the spotlight. Um, so um, where does that leave us next? I mean, well, I think it's important to emphasise uh, that it, this is really a renewed focus rather than a brand new area of focus for the Commission and the national authorities. Um, if we go back over 20 years um, to the AstraZeneca case, uh, we see where the Commission was enforcing abuse of a patent uh, process. And as I say, we're seeing that happening again. And about 10 years ago, uh, the Court of Justice in the AstraZeneca case basically upheld the Commission's finding uh, that AstraZeneca had abused its dominant position by blocking or delaying market access for generic versions of its drug Lozac. Uh, and it identified two uh, abuses in particular. Firstly, misleading representations, representations before uh, national patent offices. And secondly, misuse of rules and procedures applied by national medicines agencies by selectively deregistering marketing authorizations. Uh, and interestingly, again, at that time, you also see all the national authorities uh, engaging in similar enforcement um, activities. So, for instance, uh, the CMA, or the OFT, as it then was in the UK, uh, found that uh, Reckitt Benkiza had abused its dominant position uh, by withdrawing and delisting NHS presentation packs of Galveston. That was back in 2011. Uh, the Italian Competition Authority fined Pfizer uh, 10 million or so euros for adopting a complex legal strategy of filing for and obtaining uh, intellectual property rights, including divisional patents uh, aimed at delaying uh, generic entry. Um, since then, uh, this, this focus on the sort of the abuse of the patent process um, had largely uh, fizzled, had largely fizzled out. Um, uh, why, uh, uh, um, why are we now back in the Commission's uh, uh, you know, process? Well, again, I would say uh, probably because, as I suggested, pay for delay is now largely settled. Uh, we're now looking, uh, we're now moving on 
uh, to look for uh, the, the, the next big thing. And as I say, um, it seems to us that this is um, a likely focus of the authorities. And so it may be just a case of unfinished business uh, for the Commission. Uh, as I say, the Tavik case uh, is at a relatively early stage. Um, there's limited public information on the theory of harm uh, pursued by the Commission. Uh, but the fact that we do have these cases uh, from uh, you know, around the, the turn of the century and settled by the court uh, about a decade ago we, means we do at least have some kind of legal framework of sorts um, to, to work from. Um, so I suggest there are broadly two takeaways uh, from AstraZeneca. Uh, first of all, uh, misleading representations uh, can constitute uh, an abuse uh, where the overriding purpose is exclusion of generic entry. And secondly, and crucially, entirely lawful use of regulatory systems can also constitute an abuse where anti-competitive inter- intention to exclude exists. And in light of this, it seems that crystal ball gazing I would anticipate um, that in Tevere, what will be key is evidence of intention underpinning the alleged strategy accused, accused by, the, uh, by the company. Very quickly, before I hand over to Ricardo, um, a quick side note on biosimilars. Um, a couple of years ago, the Commission published a white paper in 2020 um, suggesting that the introduction of biosimilars and therefore cheaper alternatives to certain treatments has not led to more uh, patients being treated. And they wonder why that is. And there's suggestions that originators may be defending themselves with things like second generation products, reformulations, dosing improvements, and so on. I just leave leave it a question with you all. Is the 2020 white paper the equivalent of the 2009 market report? Is this where we're going to see things going? I don't know, but if I were a betting man, I would suggest it could well be. 